Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church today. Thank you, worship team, so much for leading us into the presence of God. That was wonderful. Glad you're here. My name is Nicholas, and it's an honor to uh, share with you the word of God this morning. And so let's prepare our hearts. We're in a series on the way of Jesus, and this is week seven. So what started out with a one-week message has turned into seven weeks. So the Lord seems to have us um, just be hanging on this topic, and I've really enjoyed hearing the different um, the messages that have come from this. And if you're watching online, I want to say welcome. Those on TV watching or tuning in, we're glad to hear. Um, also, next week, you don't want to miss next Sunday because Greg Crosswhite is going to be in the house sharing a message next Sunday. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Greg is actually seeking ordination through Life Church, and so we get to be a part of that process. So don't miss next Sunday as he shares, and then immediately following the service, we're going to go up to the kids' room if you have any questions or whatever, but it's something that the congregation participates in, in voting on uh, Greg becoming an ordained minister uh, through Life Church. So that, and he has tons of schooling and all these other amazing things. Greg's an amazing person, so if you don't know him, I encourage you to get to know him. He's also on our ministers, uh, the preaching roundtable that we do every single week, and he brings a lot of valuable insight. So I'm really looking forward to um, his message next week. Also, as many of you are aware, this last um, week, our community, um, again, heard of the tragic news of a loss of a ninth grade boy on Wednesday night. And so we processed that as a youth group, and we had some time in small group. And there was about five young men just in our small group here at, at youth alone that knew of this ninth grade boy and were deeply affected by this tragedy that, that has taken place. I also know Leo, Lexi, they serve with the Young Life and how that has affected that ministry. Everybody on the school campus, all of the teachers, everybody who is now walking through this as a community. And I just think it's important this morning, can we pray? Can we pray and just come before the Lord um, on behalf of this family and also just on behalf of our students? There's no question we're in a battle. We're in a battle. And the enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy. And it breaks our hearts every time that that happens. And, um, but also Jesus said, I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. So the mission of the church matters, and um, we want to lean in. So let's, let's pray this morning. Let's pray. Lord, right now we just, we just quiet our hearts before you in stillness, God. And Lord, we acknowledge your presence in this room. We say where two or three are gathered, you're here in our midst, you're with us. And the gift of your Holy Spirit is something that we can tangibly experience today. Your presence, the very presence of God in this room, in our hearts. Lord, tune us into that today. Not just the motion of church, not just the hour and a half Sunday morning thing, but we want to encounter and experience you today, Lord. Through your word, through, your, through music, through fellowship, through one another, God. And Father, today, as our hearts are breaking and are grieved and are heavy from the loss that has taken place in our community, Lord, and to, to the family who's been ex who experienced this tragic loss too, Father, we just come on behalf and to grieve and to weep with those who weep. So we take a moment and say, Father, be with. We, we praise you, God, that you are near to the brokenhearted. And you are with those, God, who are just crushed in spirit. We thank you that you walk with us, God. Help show, teach us, God, how we can walk with one another through hard things. So, God, I ask for your healing. 
and your presence and your truth, Father, Lord. We thank you for the hope that is in Christ. I pray that many would find you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who are in the trenches in student ministry. Father, across this county, across the state, across this nation, across this world, God, we're literally in the front lines of battle, Father, as we know there's a war for the minds and the hearts of young people. I pray for strength in their spirits, God. Strengthen their hearts, Father. Protect their minds. Protect their bodies, Father, Lord, from the evil one who continues to seek to destroy. So we ask for your protection, Father. And we ask for your power, God. We ask for breakthrough, Father. Breakthrough in just the realm of the spirit and the battles that take place, things that we can't see with our natural eye, but we know there are battles, God. We ask and come before God for breakthrough, Father God, against depression and anxiety, Father God, and self-hate and all of the lies that the enemy is trying to bring, God, and, and to affect a generation with. Lord God, I pray for breakthrough of your truth, of your peace, and of your light, Father God, your light which shine bright in the darkness, Lord God. And I want to just say here, God, on behalf of Life Church, use us, God. Use us to be a light, a city on a hill that we would not hide, we would not cover up, God, that we would stand up, God, and shine bright with the truth and grace of Jesus. Teach us. Show us how, Father. Show us how, God. We plead, we come before you, and we thank you that you hear us, that you hear us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Wow. Okay, well, from the outset today, I'm about to dive into a portion of Scripture that's a little bit intimidating. And so, I'll be honest today, I want to encourage you all as we come and approach the Word of God, I'm not the final authority. I don't know everything there is. I've tried to do my due diligence to, to study and to seek and to learn from other people. But I want to implore you, I want to encourage you, open up Scripture, seek for yourself, study for yourself to see if what I'm saying today is true. Dive deep. I pray that today that you'd be invited to, to a wrestling sort of tension with the Lord. kind of want to stir you up today to say, what's for me, God? I want to invite you and wrestle for yourself. Seek the Lord for yourself. So I come today with just, there, it's a huge topic, and we're just going to scratch the surface. I think we could do a whole year just on this alone but we're going to try to dive in. So are you with me today? Are you with me? Have you got your coffee, your Celsius, your bubbler, your whatever God uses to caffeinate your soul and your mind and your heart? I don't drink caffeine. The Lord bless you. I do. John 1.14. Let's open your, open your Bible. We're going to dive right in um, this morning. We've got a lot to cover. should only be about three hours and then we'll get out of here. Sound good? Vikings aren't playing the Super Bowl, so we got time. Okay, so John 1.14 in the English Standard Version. I wasn't going to say anything, and then there it is. Okay, so John 1.14, ready? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Beautiful. And we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the Father. Here it is today, full of, full of grace and truth full of grace and truth. Today, church, I want us to consider, to come around, to gather around, to ponder, to wrestle with, to be invited to the tension of 
the way of Jesus, which is full of grace and full of truth. Full of what? Grace. And full of what? Truth. Full of grace and full of truth. I want to go on record right from the beginning, right from the top, and say that in order for us to look like Jesus, for us to individually represent Christ to this world wherever we go, and for us to collectively be healthy and biblical as a church, we must embrace this way of Jesus. We have to, full of grace and full of truth. We're going to unpack this today. Holy Spirit, help us. To be full of grace and full of truth, this cannot be a grace or truth decision. We can't pick one or the other. It is both. The way of Jesus is both, fully both. We can't ask the question really, well, are you a grace person or are you a truth person? We have to be both. We have to be both. Now this is what scripture, there's a lot of, um, what I, I guess I like to call it, what I've heard called before, like holy tension. Holy tension that we find in scripture. Two, two things that maybe seem like they're opposite, not fully, but different, can be fully true at the same time. Yes, and if we're going to understand the word of God well and apply it to our life, we have to understand the importance of holy tension. A holy tension. Two things being fully true at the same time. Otherwise, we can get into one ditch or the other, but it's like if I need to stand up straight, I got two things pulling at me, full on both sides, I need full grace, full truth for us to say centered balanced, aligned, biblical, scripture, all the things, we need fully grace, fully truth. Does that make sense? This is a holy tension. Some people would say it's not an and or kind of thing, or it's a both and, not an either or sort of thing, a both and, a holy tension. And sometimes there's tensions in scripture that aren't really to be like just solved. Like the tension just goes away. It's something we've got to learn to like embrace embrace and embody because there is a real tension with this. If we're honest today, though, all of us probably leaned one way or the other. Do we, should we do a show of hands? No, I won't make you do that this morning. But all of us probably leaned one way or the other on one of these two things. One of them probably comes a little bit more naturally to us. Could be based on personality. Could be based on upbringing. There's a whole way of things in which it would affect our which way we lean on this? Are you more like lean more grace or do you lean more like truth? Do you know what I mean? And so we got to be aware of that. We got to understand that. I know for me, grace, grace comes, grace comes a lot easier. Man, if I get up here and just preach grace all day, let's go. Like it gets me fired up, passionate. Um, love the passages on grace. Um, and I, I think part of it's personality and stuff too. But I, full honesty today, I, as a, especially as a, as a pastor, minister of the word, I have had to grow and develop and mature in my understanding of truth and how it needs to be applied and to be communicated in the body of Christ. Because truth is ultimately what sets us free. Sometimes you have to say hard things. 
Of course, the truth in love, but we can't just shy away from truth, right? If you grew up in a culture, though, maybe it was like all truth. Sometimes you've been hurt, sometimes you've been hurt by that because there's been, and we're going to get to all of this stuff, but we can kind of. So for me, I've had to grow. I've had to grow in and learning what does it look like to accurately, like Jesus, be able to communicate truth. And I'm still on that journey along with grace as well. I've had to learn grace as well. I don't always like, and maybe you're like me, when I know what's the right thing to speak truth in a situation instead of just giving grace. When I'm in a meeting with somebody or something, it's like, here we go. Because you don't know how it's going to be you know, received. But if we truly love people, the truth is what sets us free. So it's very, very important. So for me, I've had to grow in that. So I want to ask the question today, where do you lean today? Where do you lean today? Some of us might just love the grace of God and bend that way, but we have a harder time with truth, have a harder time with truth. Others, man, we love the truth. And they're usually not afraid to say it. They love the truth, but they have a little bit harder time with grace. So just where are you at today? Kind of maybe identify where you're at today. But here's my point. It can't be one or the other. It has to be both. It has to be both. So which, whatever way you lean today, I want to say to all of us collectively today, it has to be both. So I think all of us have something to learn today from this about Jesus, that he is full of truth and grace. I said it before, but I say it again. For a believer's life to be centered and healthy and biblically sound, it has to be both. And I know in my journey, maybe your journey has been like this, of following Jesus, I've had different seasons of having these like spiritual awakenings or like moments of fresh revelation or greater revelation of one or the other. Okay, so I've gone through seasons of life a lot of truth, a lot of truth. And then for sure when I was like 23 years old, 36 now, I was like 23, I had this massive grace awakening. I didn't know anything about grace, the grace of God. I didn't know. It's almost like that was like, don't go too far down that rabbit hole or you'll never, like, you're just going to backslide. I don't know what it was. It was like a fear to like fully look at, fully embrace God, or sorry, the grace of God. And so 23 through a different pastor um, in my life, he actually had no clue who I am, but he was online. But he began to communicate about grace, and I'm like, there's no way that's true. That sounds scandalous. That sounds crazy. Like, wow. But as I begin to look at scripture, I'm like, it's true. It's true. And I begin to have a grace awakening, fresh revelation of grace. And so I dove in, all grace. Whoa, I want to find out all about this. And it won my heart to the Lord. And then I've had moments too where it's like, okay, I need to see and have a fresh revelation of the truth of God in my life. Anybody else been there before? Different revelations of grace and of truth in our life. And we need these. So this message is for all of us today. And I want to say, church, that this is something we have to keep in front of us continually. To keep in front of us continually so we stay centered it is so important that the church does not get off, but to stay centered, to stay centered. We keep the tension. So I want to read you a couple quotes about the importance of grace and truth together. Uh, they'll be on the screen. And so this first one's from Richard. 
tan uh, from 50 Days of Grace and Truth. It says this, it's so good. Grace and truth are distinct and yet they are not mutually exclusive. But when people focus on one without the other, they usually fall into two extremes. They either embrace a gospel of grace without truth or a gospel of truth without grace. Grace without truth is not really grace and truth without grace is not really truth. Grace without truth pampers. Truth without grace hammers. Grace without truth is love without correction. Truth without grace is correction without love. Grace without truth is mercy without justice. And truth without grace is justice without mercy. Grace without truth is soft and spoils people. Truth without grace is harsh and crushes people. Grace without truth is freedom without responsibility. Truth without grace is responsibility without freedom. So much to ponder in all of this. Either extremes are neither of Christ or the gospel. Jesus full of grace and truth. Another quote from um, Randy Elkhorn. He wrote a book on the grace and truth uh, paradox. The grace and truth paradox says this truth without grace crushes people and ceases to be truth. Grace without truth deceives people and ceases to be grace. Truth without grace degenerates into judgmental legalism. Whoa, I don't want to go down that path. But grace without truth degenerates into deceitful tolerance. I don't want to go down that path either. Do you know what I'm saying? Christ's heart is equally grieved by grace suppression and truth suppression, by grace twisting and truth twisting. Grace and truth, grace and truth. So the way of Jesus, he's full of grace and truth. So can I submit to you today, church, to all of us, we need Jesus. Some would say, we need more grace. Some would say, we need more truth. I would submit to you today, church, we need Jesus. The world needs Jesus We all need Jesus, who is full of both. He is the answer. Is this making sense today? And we, we hear it. You hear it on both sides. The reason why this is falling apart over here, people just need to hear the truth. They need to know they're wrong. They need to blah, 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 blah. We just... And then there's, no, people need to know their love. People need to know the grace of God. People need to know the kindness of God. And both are right at the same time. And this is the beauty. This is the beauty of the tension. I don't want you to just, you've got to meditate on this. We're not going to like fully grasp this today. I can't articulate this well enough today. You've got to sit with this fully. It's so beautiful. It's almost hard to like comprehend. When you think of fully grace and full, you're like, that's it. That's the answer. That's, that's it. The brilliance of Christ and Jesus being the answer, full of grace and truth. I gotta move, we gotta, we gotta keep going, we got a lot to get through. So, in every one of our lives, we need the grace of God and we need the truth of God. All right, so here we go. What is grace then? Let's look at grace. 
What is grace? Church, we've got to get this. We've got to get this. You don't ever get it and then you're done. This is continued revelation. But here's some stuff about grace. You ready? The word translated grace in the New Testament comes from the Greek word charis, which means favor, blessing, or kindness. Jesus, full of grace, full of favor, full of blessing, full of kindness. We can all extend grace to others, but when grace is used in connection with God, it takes on a more powerful meaning. Grace is amazing. Grace is this. Grace is God choosing to bless us. Bless us rather than curse us as our sins deserve. Amen? Grace. God choosing to bless us instead of curse us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. It is his benevolence to the undeserving me. Undeserving, and God is benevolent to me. This is grace. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace, favor, kindness of God, you have been saved. I have been saved. Through faith, and that not of yourselves. Jesus, full of grace. The only way, church, that we can ever enter into a relationship with God is because of his grace towards us. We literally did nothing, and he did it all. Grace. God is the initiator and instigator of grace. He initiates it. He chooses it to give it, and it is from him that all other grace flows. I love this distinction between mercy and grace. God shows both mercy and grace, but they are not the same. Mercy withholds a punishment that we deserve. Thank the Lord. We deserve death, but he withholds the punishment. Mercy but grace gives us a blessing we don't deserve. Wow, 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 amen. In mercy, God chose to cancel our sin debt by sacrificing his perfect son in our place. But God goes further than mercy, and he extends grace to his enemies. Enemies, and even in this world we live in, there's common grace the common favor and blessing and kindness of God over all of humanity. We're talking with our kids the other day. I'm like, the very fact that we are now breathing oxygen in our lungs is the common grace of God. It is everywhere. It is everywhere. And if you understand about the common grace of God, a lot of things start to make sense. You're like, how could such and such evil person ever have anything good in their life? The common grace of God that he chooses to give grace, full of grace, full of grace. We need to be a church that is full of grace, full of grace. We need to be people of God that are full of grace. Grace is God giving the greatest treasure to the least deserving, which is every one of us. The greatest treasure to the least deserving, which is every one of us. 
Oh, man. Okay. And grace does not stop when we're saved. It just keeps going. He is gracious to us for the rest of our lives. Here's a couple facts all throughout Scripture. If you want these Scriptures, I can give them to you. Come find me. Grace justifies us before a holy God. Grace provides us access to God to communicate and fellowship with Him. Grace wins for us a new relationship of intimacy with God. Grace disciplines and trains us to live in a way that honors God. Grace grants us immeasurable spiritual riches. Grace helps us in every need. Grace is the reason behind our every deliverance. And grace preserves us and comforts, encourages, and strengthens us. We have to be reliant, full of grace, a church full of grace, an awakening to the wonder of grace. I wonder, have you had an awakening? Do you see, do you know in your heart Has that been revealed to you, the grace of God? I pray that it will. And if it hasn't, a simple prayer you can pray this week or today or right now. Jesus, please reveal to me your grace. Reveal to me the wonder of your grace. So grace, amazing. So my second question today is then, what is truth? How much time have we got? (laughs) What is truth? What is truth? Probably one of the more profound questions in humanity. Yeah, do you agree? What is truth? What is truth? Obviously a question that's been debated forever. Pilate asking Jesus when he was on trial, like, what is truth? This question has been around forever. And the culture we live in today looks a lot more like your truth versus the truth, right? Have we noticed this? What's being sold is not the truth. It's, it's whatever your truth is, whatever your truth is. Leave it to each individual to decide. Basically, do whatever makes you happy. And I'm not going to, now we're getting invited into <laughs> the tension of a Christ follower when Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, the life. All the grace people are like, oh, here we go. <laughs> truth. We need both. We need both. We need both. The enemy questioning truth, the truth about God since the beginning of time, right? Did God really say? There's an attack, an all-out assault on truth. Can we all collectively agree today on that? An assault on truth. Constantly twisting, questioning, trying to redefine what is truth. Well, the Greek word for truth is aletheia, which refers to divine revelation, Divine revelation, and it is related to a word that literally means what can't be hidden. What can't be hidden. It conveys the thought that truth is always there. It's always open and available for all to see with nothing being hidden or obscured. Jesus, full of truth. When some of my study, I said, Jesus is without deception. Isn't that beautiful? The, the pure truth of Christ without deception. And yet the evil one, what is he known for? Deception. Deceiving. Twisting. With Jesus, there is no twisting. There is no deception. There is no lie. He cannot. He is truth. He is true. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The Hebrew word for truth is emeth, which means, which means firmness, constancy, and duration. 
Such definition implies the everlasting substance is something that can be relied upon. The truth of Christ can be relied upon. Jesus is full of truth. He said this, Jesus claimed, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And here's what we want to, we, we were just scratching the surface in all of this, but I want to say this now. If Jesus is true, church, if Jesus is true, like he claimed to be, then his teachings are true. What he said is true. Then that means the word of God is truth. That means there's no deception in this. It, it's, it's pure and it's true. And if that is the case, then when we say we follow Jesus, then that means, church, we follow his teachings. That means we follow the word of God. This is what it means, the way of Jesus, to follow truth. Jesus says this in 8, um, sorry, John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, do you believe in Jesus today? Would you say this to us today? You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Set you free. Jesus is interested in freedom. The devil, the evil one, is interested in bondage. So truth, Jesus is full of grace, full of truth, truth. The freedom Jesus offers here is a spiritual freedom from the bondage of sin. And that is to release us from the lifestyle of habitual lawlessness. The truth, truth. We have to be people who are full of both. 1 John 5.20 says this, And we know that the Son of God, Jesus, has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. This is what we are saying, church, is the way of Christ, who we are following. Jesus. How does this play out in real life? How does, the, how does the church, how does the believer properly apply grace and truth? Ever wrestled with that? Like what's needed in this situation? Grace or truth? Which way do you lean? Probably depends on which way, how you'd answer that, right? We need to bring truth. We need to bring grace. And what I want to try to bring us around today is, I think in every situation, it's fully both at the same time. And I want to look at a story found in the Gospels, of an example that Jesus gave us. So let's lean into this story and this example, this real-life example, and see how it applies to our lives today. Sound good? Truth and grace on display. Ready? John 8, 1 through 11. Here we go. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. 
Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down, and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, so now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the ground. I think he wrote, go 49ers. Sorry. And then they continued to ask him, and he stood up and he said to them, let him who is out sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote in the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. In the NIV, it says this, Go now and leave your life of sin. Go now and leave your life of sin. As the worship team can make their way back up this morning, I want us to think about this, this story. It's a beautiful story. First, it wasn't just a woman caught in adultery. There was also a dude there too that should have been brought before Jesus as well. They both should have been stoned according to the law. But the Pharisees and the scribes are trying to trap Jesus and the brilliance of Christ, the brilliance of Christ to not give in to this trap is, is, is just, it's stunning. It really is stunning. And we see on display in this story is this perfect example, Jesus being full of grace and truth. We see it on display right here. Has anyone condemned you? No, sir, no one has. Then Jesus says these beautiful words, then neither do I condemn you. And go and leave your life of sin. I want to be, desire to be, part of a body of Christ that tries to walk this out faithfully. I want to be a follower of Christ that tries to walk this out faithfully in my life. Because the grace of God keeps us from throwing stones. The grace of God keeps us from, from picking up stones and starting to get ready to get all judgmental and hypocritical, calling people out and getting all wonky. Like, we're ready to, like, we're going to, and Jesus is like, really? Whoever doesn't have sin, go ahead. Have you forgotten today in your life? Have you begun to maybe start to, like, pick up some stones Maybe there's a certain demographic of people. Maybe there's a certain something going on in the world that you're like, you're starting to pick up stones or you start to throw stones at people. And the grace of God says this. 
Doesn't matter who it is, church. Doesn't matter what anybody has found or been caught in. Doesn't matter what they have been caught in. If they turn towards Christ, they will be met with grace. They will not be condemned. For whoever is in Christ, this is now there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. Because the truth today is all of us could be caught doing something wrong. Which one of us could throw a stone? None of us. Jesus is the only one that could have thrown the stone and he chose not to. The most beautiful words is, then neither do I condemn you. The grace side, church, what are you caught in today? What are you caught in today? What sin? What is it today? Jesus isn't going to condemn you. He wants to free you this morning. He wants to free you today. You will be met with grace, favor, blessing, and kindness of God. Amen. Amen. We have to have this posture. We have to have this posture and understanding of grace for anybody, anyone, anyone. Can we do that, church? Can we do that, church? Pray that we would not be found caught throwing stones. We would understand the grace of God, which we have received, I freely give. And also Jesus says this beautiful thing that shows the side of truth. Now go and leave your life of sin. Jesus offers grace and truth. Today, where are you at today? Where are you at? And it's the truth of God today that says, now go leave your life of sin. And some of you think, well, I'm not committing adultery. It's not some outward. What about some inward lifestyle of sin? Sometimes a trap of church is that on the outside, boy, we can look good. We're not doing the outward things that are bad. But what about, some, what about a lifestyle of sin that we have harbored in our heart? And Jesus would say today, you've been met with grace. He does not condemn you. And he also says, now go and leave that lifestyle of sin. Jesus is not talking about sinless perfection. Sometimes I'm confused, like, she's going to sin again? What are you talking Like That's crazy. Like, how could we never sin again? I, I, I sin quite often. Jesus isn't talking about that kind of like sinless perfection from now. He's talking about leaving the lifestyle, that habitual, something that you have given yourself over to. Does that make sense? I want all of us to examine. We all need Jesus today. And I want to be, I want to know Jesus in this way. I want to follow him in this way where I would fully experience and comprehend and know the grace of God, and I would also fully experience and know the truth of God. And that as a church, we would be able to walk this out in the world we live in today. Amen. Amen. So let's close our eyes this morning. And I want us to examine our hearts. I think a lot of us were afraid of getting caught. 
sneaking around. Ah. We have this, this conception of Jesus that if once we get caught, he's going to stone us. Or we have the perception of the church that like, man, if they find out what I'm doing, they're going to, they're going to condemn me. They're, they're going to embarrass me. They're going to expose me. And so we're afraid and so we hide. It is the Garden of Eden. It's, it's our natural tendency. Today, maybe the Holy Spirit is saying, like, let me catch you today. <laughs> like, caught, I see everything that's going on. And I pray, church, that we have an accurate or understanding of the grace of God where you will be met with forgiveness. If you turn from your sin, church, you will be met with grace and forgiveness and love and the kindness of your Savior. My prayer is that as a church, anybody turns from their sin, they are met with grace, kindness, and forgiveness. And Jesus would also say today, if you're living in habitual lawlessness, you have deviated from the truth of God's word. Culture has infiltrated your mind of what truth is or your spirit. And you've begun to maybe adopt more a cultural definition of truth where it's becoming more your truth. I think Jesus would say today, I am the way, I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. Leave your life of sin. Jesus is inviting you to freedom this morning. The way of Jesus is inviting you to freedom this morning. Leave your life of sin. Repent. Have a change of heart. Turn back to the truth of God. We cannot water down grace. We cannot water down truth. It is fully, 100% potency of both. Of both. And this is the hope we have. This is what we stand on. So Jesus right now, Holy Spirit right now, ask that you do your work. You call all of us back, God. Repentance, Lord, those if we've wandered, Father, from truth, call us back, Lord. Call us back to the truth of your word, Lord, that your word, your holy scripture, the word of God will be placed back again as preeminent center, the authority of God. We would not back down. And Lord, for the grace of God today to be on full display in the believers' hearts today, they'd be met with full of grace. Neither do I condemn you. Wow. Wow. Holy Spirit, please reveal your truth right now. Please reveal your truth in our hearts. Lord, I pray that your people would be free 
be free, Father God. The way of Jesus, full of truth and grace, full of grace and truth. In your name we pray. Let's, let's uh, continue to worship with a song. Uh, it's called Cornerstone. Let's just sing. If you want to sit and worship, please do stand, kneel, bow, surrender, come to the altar. Whatever is appropriate for you, please, please take this time to do that.